Bark, 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 and welcome back to the Farstrider podcast. I'm Pup Farstrider, and today we're going to be discussing my latest blog entry, Puppy Play, the Intersection of Kink. But before we jump right on into that, I just want to talk a minute today about our sponsor, Farstrider Merch. That's right, I sponsor my own content. Duh. Anyways, you can check out all of Farstrider merch by visiting farstrider.com, F-A-R-R-S-T-R-I-D-E-R.com, and visiting my shop page. On the shop page, you'll find links to my products on Amazon. You'll also find my storefront on Amazon, where you can buy products other than Farstrider brand. You'll also find a link on my shop page to my Teespring store and to my Redbubble shop, where you can find a variety of designs by me my pup brother Blitz, and occasionally by some other graphic designers as well. Anyhow, be sure to check out Farstrider merch and help support what I do, keep this podcast on the air, keep my website up, all the above. Help me sponsor iPaw. Bark. Anyways, on to today's topic. Today we're going to talk about my recent blog, Puppy Play, The Intersection of Kink. And so, let's... Let's just jump right on into this topic, right? So puppy play, both my experience of puppy play as well as my observation of the experiences of others engaged in the world of human puppy play uh, and their handlers, um, pups, handlers, and even those external to specifically pup. So this includes really all animal role players, critters, uh, anthropomorphs, etc., I always write from my perspective as a puppy. Um, so just know I'm not discounting other communities by not specifically referring to the variety of it every time I talk, uh, but I always have that in mind. I just write from my perspective, and as a human puppy, that's the perspective I come from. So uh, what are we talking about? Well, to really understand what I'm talking about, where puppy play is the intersection of kink, I want to take you back uh, through my journey, uh, back to the beginning, which was three years ago now, back in 2017. Uh, back in 2017, I took my first steps into kink. I'd already been dabbling a little bit in some fetish. Um, I had purchased uh, some jock straps and tidy whities um, I had also purchased some um, uh, wrestling singlets uh, and also a uh, military style uniform, not an actual military uniform, but military style camo uh, BDUs. Um, and oof, those are definitely still my fetish turn ons because, uh, uh, woof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so I had some gear already, uh, for fetish play, but I hadn't really jumped into any kink play yet. Um, and so in 2017, I finally started to dabble in kink, um, for months at, at by the time I got to spring of 2017, I had really been thinking about, uh, puppy play. It was something that had shown up more and more in my Tumblr feed rip. Uh, and um, there's one particular Tumblr crush who I had seen in a hood. Uh, he posted some pictures in, in a puppy hood and purple puppy hood bark. And 
God damn, he is so sexy. And it really, it caught my eye. And then it stuck with me. And then I started to look into more and more and more of it. Um, and eventually, I, I finally admitted to myself, because when you're coming out as kinky, you always have to, to, it's a coming out process. It's much like coming out as uh, gay or lesbian or transgender, etc. It's it's another coming out thing, and the first person you come out to is always going to be yourself. Because um, well, if you can't admit it to yourself, then you're not going to admit it to anybody else either. So I finally came out to myself that yeah, I definitely have some interests here in in some kinky stuff, <laughs> and um. From there, the next step was uh, admitting to my husband that I had some kinks. And that was, that was a little scary uh, at the time, a little nerve-wracking. Um, we'd had plenty of, uh, you know, sexual discussions. We had an open sexual relationship um, for a long time at that point. And, but we really hadn't discussed, like, our kinks or anything like that over the years. Um, I mean, my husband had definitely indicated his very strong desire to be spanked. He enjoyed spanking Bart. Uh, but but we hadn't really had an actual conversation about any of that. Um, and so after looking at more and more and more puppy play paraphernalia online and content and really kind of figuring out that, well, I've got a definite curiosity at least, I decided to uh, finally kind of come out to my husband that I might be a little kinky. And as, as we all know, that has um, definitely escalated, <laughs> you might say. Um, but so had a conversation with him uh, about my curiosity. I was honest at the time. I didn't know how curious I was. I didn't know how much interest I really had. Uh, where it might stop or go, um, but it was something I wanted to try out. And the first thing I wanted to do was um, get myself a, a tail plug. And mind you, at the time, I had zero butt toys. I mean, I know, imagine Far Strider. There was a time when Far Strider had no butt toys. I mean, my husband had some butt toys, um, one of which I had used a little bit at that time. But uh I didn't have any that I had ever bought for myself uh, or anything like that. And the first thing I want to do is buy a tail plug, bark. <laughs> um, but basically, my thinking at the time was like, ooh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very curious about this. I want to check it out. I kind of feel like one of the first things I want to do is get a tail plug because, well, if I'm not into the puppy thing, then at least I'll have A, a butt plug, and B, maybe if I wag it, it'll feel good. Uh, spoiler alert, wagging a tail plug. <sighs> Bark. It, it's quite wonderful. <laughs> uh, anyhow, went ahead and ordered myself a tail plug. And um, while I was waiting for it to come, uh, I had an invite uh, on a weekend. My husband wasn't available to go to a friend's birthday party. Um, and it was just a quiet little dinner, uh, him and his partner, uh, two other gentlemen, and me, myself. Um, hubby would have been with me, but he just, he wasn't available that weekend. So I went to dinner, and 
the other two gentlemen were both wearing these very super thick chains. Like imagine what you would often see chaining up a car in the back of a truck. Well, maybe not quite that thick, but that kind of chain. It wasn't something small. It was really big, heavy metal silver chains, and they had uh, name tags, etc., on them. And I was just kind of looking at that going, these dudes are pups. They are definitely puppies. I'm going to have to, oh, I want to ask them about it. But of course, back then I was a little shy, <laughs> right? Far, again, imagine a time when Far Strider was shy. Just close your eyes and go back. And no, we're not going to do that. That's stupid. But <laughs> anyways, I was a little shy. But finally, um, after a good hour or so of hanging out and doing appetizers and um, kind of breaking all the ice, I finally worked up the courage to say, hey, so your collars, what, what's that all about? And, you know, I didn't want to assume anything about the two of them. Uh, so I, you know, of course asked what's that about instead of assuming that it would be about puppy. Um, and of course uh, it was about puppy. Uh, turns out that would be the night that I met Gadget and, uh, his pup Fizgig. Um, and from, from that meeting, that is, that is where my journey into puppy started. Uh, meeting Gadget really gave me, um, it was a, an opportunity to explore, uh, something I was very interested in exploring more of. And, um, it was also an opportunity, uh, to potentially go and have an experience. And as luck would have it, we hit it off, uh, the three of us and ended up going and having my first experience. Um, now, I do I do want to kind of go through that first experience um cuz it was it was quite magical um quite quite magical uh, <laughs> um so they invited me over for a, a a puppy play session um which would be my introduction to puppy play in any um literal sense, um, and with people who were already engaged in it and had hopefully some idea of what they were doing. Spoiler alert, they definitely did. Um, but so I got over to their home and, uh, we chatted for just a little bit before they took me down to their play area. And this was my first time in an openly kinky friend's home um, or going to engage in a kink experience. And so walking into their play area, which was in the basement of their home, um, oh my God, it was like mind blowing. Um, we walked down the stairs and at the time their basement was unfinished and they had this large area set up with all these uh, cushioned play mats. Um, and then hanging off one end of the play mats um, off to the side so it wouldn't be in the way of the puppy play action on the mats was a sling hanging from the rafters. 
Um, there was a table set up near that with some implements. Um, there might have been some lube and poppers on the table. I mean, it was there and there were things all around. There were chains and ropes hanging from places and just it was mind blowing. It was it was an incredible turn on in ways I hadn't expected. Uh, and and it was just very exciting. But also for someone who was still uh, very new to this, it, it was a little intimidating and a little bit. It started to push me into my shell a little bit. Um, but Gadget did a great job of really uh, helping me get into a puppy play space that evening. Um, so first, Fizzgig got, uh, he got Fizzgig into a hood and Fizzgig got down on the mats and started popping around. And uh, while Fizzgig was starting to pop around, um, he was giving me uh, arm rubs and head rubs, which was really unexpected for me at the time, um, just kind of pushing me into a very comfortable, relaxed space. And then he offered to put uh, his spare hood on me. Um, and, you know, just as a little anecdotal thing, that hood is commonly referred to now as the whore hood because everybody's been inside it. <laughs> That's both funny and true. <laughs> um, it was his first hood. It's one of the early productions of the Mr. S leather hood. Um, so it's got the really large bulky muzzle. Um, and, uh, it, it's one that he doesn't really wear anymore because it's not quite his identity. Uh, he has other leather hood that he wears that fits more in with how he sees himself as gadget. Um, but so he uses that hood to give other people an experience or to put people in a sexy hood for some playtime. <laughs> um, so he offered me that and I was just like, oh my God, yes, I didn't know this was something that would be a part of this, but I am down like, holy shit, I've been wanting to try a hood. They're so expensive and I don't know if a hood's really for me, but yeah, I'd love to try it. And so he grabs this hood and it was black with a brown muzzle and uh, it laces in the back as the leather hoods do, and he starts to pull it over my head. And I remember it coming down and blocking my eyes for a bit while he was adjusting it around my nose and around the back of my head and further loosening the laces to make sure it would slide on nice and easy. And one thing I wasn't expecting, though, is as the hood was coming down over my head, I just felt started to feel different. Uh, I started to feel more relaxed. I started to feel very chill and at peace. And when that hood got onto my head uh, all the way and my vision came back, it felt like I was seeing things differently. Um, it's just hard to explain other than to say I felt like I was seeing things differently. Um, it, everything had a different tone to it. Color had a different tone. Uh, the lighting seemed to take on a different kind of tone. My, my focus, visual focus seemed more focused. Um, and so he proceeded to, uh, tie the hood on. Um, and I, I like a really snug fit. That's why I love a neoprene hood. Cause it's just... <laughs> like sucked on tight to your head. 
And I really like that. It's kind of got that bondagey feel to it when uh, you've got a full hood on, um, which is why I prefer the full hoods to the masks uh, for myself. And so he tied it on all the way tight and he was so attentive, just checking and making sure it wasn't like uncomfortably tight, making sure to remind me that, hey, this is going to be on for a while, like we can loosen it later. But if you think it's going to be a problem anywhere, let me know. and We'll adjust it right now. But um, that hood was honestly a little too big for me. Um, so having it tied all the way tight was um, even just slightly looser than I would personally like it, but worked great for that first experience. Um, and so uh, once that hood was on, he uh, he also put me in some puppy mitts, which uh, they're the the ones that you you strap on, you like belt buckle around your wrist and it forces your hand to be in a fist um, and you can't. So you have no fingers or anything um, and you have to rely on someone else like a handler or an alpha who is fulfilling the role of a handler um, to really uh, facilitate needs for you because you don't have human hands at that point. You now have puppy paws. Um, and so he buckled those on for me and um, uh, my clothes had already basically been removed down to just my jock strap, uh, <laughs> which was the attire for everyone uh, in the space at that moment. Um, and so he proceeded to give me head rubs and scritches and Little by little, I went from standing to kneeling to being on all fours. And then from there, it gets really hazy. Um, I remember starting to go around the mat. I remember that uh, there was butt sniffing, uh, literally, um, which mm, smelled good. I do remember that. Bark. Uh, <laughs> um, and then I remember there were some squeaky toys which that really got my attention and squeaky toys. That is a huge puppy trigger for me. Bark. <laughs> um, but I remember vaguely like playing with some toys. I remember vaguely gadget putting his own hood on and joining us on the mats. Um, I remember it getting playful and semi-sexual and just so much fun. Um, and before I knew it, um, Fizzgig suddenly, uh, sat up and removed his hood and he was sweating profusely and breathing hard and um i remember he said it, he needed a break and uh i remember gadget kind of looking at me and saying yeah i think it's time it's time to call this part good and take a break and um so he he stood up and removed his hood and uh he slowly got me up off the mats it was a bit of a process i remember him taking his time getting me up and removing the paws and then slowly untying and removing the hood which was a unique thing when that hood came off i had this intense feeling that no that belongs on me i i belong in a hood um but also i had th this overwhelming sensation of competing sensations uh one part extreme relaxation and feeling refreshed and rejuvenated and full of energy but at the same time and that that's the mental side of it and at the same time though on the physical side of feelings i felt completely exhausted 
And I was also sweating profusely, a, a thing I hadn't realized until that moment uh, when that hood was off. And uh, that was, um, I discussed that with Gadget on the spot. And that's when I learned that I had definitely achieved some level of what I now look back on as a small amount. But nonetheless, I achieved uh, a bit of puppy headspace that first time. Um, and so, so that was my first experience engaging, literally engaging in puppy play. And it was wonderful. And, uh, obviously I jumped in four paws all at once into the deep end of the puppy pool and never looked back because bark, obviously here we are today. <laughs> um, but, uh, Let's let's just take a second, though, and break down that first experience. So at its core, it was a, a human puppy experience. I was there to engage as a puppy to regress myself to an animal state and become a puppy. And I did achieve some measure of that. Um, and... I certainly engaged in puppy behavior and puppy activities. And so there was the puppy play. Uh, but there were also a lot of other kinky situations, scenarios involved in that whole process as well. Um, from the BDSM world, there was uh, power play. Uh, Gadget was very much an alpha handler type uh, in that situation. And uh, Fizzgig was more dominant towards me um, in terms of a power struggle. I was very much the, uh, the, the low pup on that totem pole um, in a good way. But still, like, you know, there was, there was a hierarchy to things. There was a, an order, a power order. Uh, and so there was power play involved in that. Um, domination and submission, and I was the full sub of the group. Um, in addition to that, there was a lot of leather at play, the leather hood, the leather mitts, um, leather, 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 and the smell of leather, the taste of leather, the feel of leather on your skin. Leather was very much there, and, and a lot of uh, domination and submission that was going on was very much in the same way of say a leather daddy and a leather boy and a mentorship relationship beginning in that moment. Uh, so there was leather culture and leather kink happening all at once in this, along with power play on a, a, a level that is similar, but different to the leather world. Um, there was also some bondage, those uh, puppy mitts. Um, the puppy mitts, uh, that is a bondage implement. It restricted my ability to uh, physically engage in the world. Um, also, the, the way the hood tied on, that is a bit of a bondage element as well, like I mentioned earlier. Um, and so we had, we had all of that going on. In addition to that, there was scent play. Um, literally, I, I, I know I had my nose stuffed up Fizzgig's butt, um, which smelled wonderful. Um, but I also, I do remember that my nose also ended up in some very lovely musky puppy pits on both of them. And 
Uh, so there we have scent play, which is yet another kink. And that was all wrapped into one experience of puppy play for me. So while it was my first experience in puppy play, it was also my first experience really engaging in a number of kinks and fetishes all at once. And and that is where I come to this idea that puppy play is the intersection of kink. Because in my experience, it certainly was. It's an intersection of kinky uh, worlds. And that has only grown from there. Since that beginning where we had BDSM and leather and puppy all wrapped into one wonderful thing with a little bit of scent play sprinkled in there. Um, and, 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 uh, whatnot. Um, since then I have only grown to incorporate more and more. My military fetish has very much been incorporated in my pup identity, uh, from the camo on my muzzle and ears to uh, a lot of the gear I wear tends to be camo, um, militaristic in style. Um, in addition to that, uh, my fetish for tidy whities I certainly incorporate that. Uh, I've, I've modified a couple of pair of my tidy whities in fact, to have a very conveniently placed hole that's both fun for leaving those underwears on for playtime as well as for tail time. So I can literally pop a tail plug in and have these briefs on and my tail just pops out the back um, like I'm in some animated furry movie like Zootopia. Bark. Or or Beastars or, you know, what have you. Bark. Arr. <laughs> um, and jock straps and sports gear have certainly been wrapped into my uh, pup identity. I've done some football looks. I've done some wrestling looks. I love wrestling looks. Um, and on and on and on. And for me, uh, puppy play is always central to both my sexual playtime and my non-sexual daily lifetime um, or even non-sexual kink playtime. Puppy is always there. It's always a part of it. It was my gateway kink. Um, it was where I started and entered, and it is the basis for everything else that I add on top of it. So for me, it is 110% the intersection of all of my kinks. It is the source and intersection of all of that. Um, most recently, I've, I've began exploring my, my own curiosities in ABDL and uh, adult babies diaper littles, uh, diaper lovers. I've heard it multiple ways. The L either stands for little or lover. Um, and, you know, what have you, either way, it's true. <laughs> um, I have very much found an enjoyment of padding, uh, which is lingo for diapers. For those of you who don't know what padding is, uh, now you know. Um, and uh, also for littling. Um, and for, uh, just that age regression and a bit of, uh, power play involved in that with, um, uh, littling 
while uh, spending time with someone who is being bigger than me, either a bigger little or a like a middle or a bigger big, um, someone adulting, but maybe still uh, engaging in some level of age regression themselves, uh, which is also a thing if you didn't know. And honestly, if you didn't know uh, what all those terms meant, little, big, and uh, middle, uh, well, little tends to be anywhere from uh, baby, literal baby, um, adult uh, age regression, all the way up to around 10, 11, maybe 12 years old. Um, Middle tends to be around 12 uh, up to uh, 18, 19 years old. Um, where you hit that adult range. And then uh, big is anyone who is uh, expressing an age uh, around 18 and up, um, whether that's their actual age or maybe their age regressing themselves as well, but not all the way to a middle or a little state. Um, and, you know, if you want to check out some really wonderful information on that, uh, watch the safe word, W-A-T-T-S, the safe word uh, channel on YouTube, uh, which is Pup Amp and Mr. Christopher. They did a wonderful episode all about littles. Um, and oh my God, A, Amp did a, such a good job editing that video and making it so adorably cute and little. Uh, but also uh, his guest and him, they had this wonderful discussion and discussed all sorts of things. For instance, I didn't know the term middle until I watched that episode, even though I've already been littling and, and enjoying my diapers. Um, and so even, you know, there's always something you can learn, uh, but definitely go check out the What's the Safe Word YouTube channel. Uh, and it, he prefers it said, What's the Safe Word? And he spells it Watt, like power, W-A-T-T. You know, Amp, Watt. He has a puppy named Bolt. It's it's very much a thing. Uh, Daddy Christopher needs to get a, some kind of power related name like uh, Jolt or something. I don't I don't know. That's probably not too great. That's pretty close to Bolt. Anyways, I'm off topic. What a surprise. <laughs> um, and so I've been engaging in, though, uh, bringing it back to me because it's all about me. I mean, this is my podcast after all. Uh, uh, I've been engaging and exploring uh, my own interest and curiosities in ABDL. Um, specifically, my curiosities are around littling um, and uh, diaper play, uh, padding. And um, so it's something that, I mean, if I honestly, the more I thought back about it, uh, when I was a kid, uh, I had a friend that lived down the street and his sister was several years younger and so they still had diapers in the house when we were like i want to say five maybe six and we used to sneak into their baby room and steal diapers and then go to his room and put diapers on and then wear diapers around the house and then we would get in trouble because diapers are expensive <laughs> and his mom did not appreciate that uh, but like so even as a little kid, I remember still being like, ooh, I'm going to wear diapers. Um, but so my my pup brother, Blitz, um, love that dog so much. He uh, he is an, a diaper puppy. He's an ABDL, a little. Um, and 
seeing uh, the two and a half years that he and I have been together now, uh, seeing the enjoyment and relaxation and the headspace and the fun he has engaging with his little is literally incredible. And it's something that I want I wanted in my life as well. I, I I would see his enjoyment and I would just think, wow, that looks so wonderful. I want to try that out for myself. And uh, way back when I, shortly after my first puppy experience, I met um, a, a really good friend of mine whose name I'm not going to say because I haven't discussed him on my podcast before, but... Uh, we had a play date. We had a shared interest in tidy whitey fetish. So we had a tidy whitey's play date uh, where they didn't come off until after we were done. Bark. <laughs> much fun, much drool, much earth. Anyways, uh, we had a play date. And after we were finished with that, um, and I knew he was an ABDL and into diapers and stuff, uh, he asked if I would be curious to try it out. And I was like, um,. I don't know. Why not? So he put me in a diaper, patted me up, uh, and we went out to dinner and um, basically spent about two, maybe three hours together after our play date uh, in diapers and just hanging out and stuff. Um, But it didn't really do anything for me at the time. I didn't really get anything out of it uh, either. Like I just, it felt completely neutral to me in that moment. And I think partly that was um, uh, the result of both jumping into kink and then like trying to like literally trying all these different things so rapidly. It was a a little bit of too much too soon. Um, And it was also a a situation, I think, in hindsight, where um, just throwing on a diaper wasn't quite going to do for me um, anything that I was going to get something out of that. Um, At that time in my life, I wasn't even uh, engaging in water sports, which is another fetish kink that I very much enjoy thoroughly as a switch mind you dom and bottom so yes all all the water sports all the time all the directions all the places woof anyhow uh, i wasn't engaging in that time so i didn't really have a connection between like wetting my diaper and water sports uh there was no brain neurons firing that that option or that that might be a fun thing to uh try and so i really just i didn't get anything out of it it wasn't a bad experience uh it was even maybe a good experience in that it wasn't negative but it just didn't you know get my juices going at the time um but so i stayed friends with him we're we're good friends still today and more on that in a moment um but so i saw my brother getting into all this stuff and more and more uh just actually i'd say starting about a year ago maybe a little further back than that, I started to get more and more and more curious myself about littling, um, specifically about littling and um, diapers being a part of that. And so the more and more I got curious about it, I found myself a few times uh, last fall um, going to bed and just having this 
urge to stick my thumb in my mouth. And I was just like, well, this is new. Um, I'll go for it. And I honestly, I was enjoying that, but I was also going, I know sucking on my thumb is not the best thing. If I want to put something in my mouth, I know it should be a pacifier or uh, somebody's bone or, you know, whatnot. Um, And so I just kind of like the more and more I, I thought about it and the more I, uh, felt these desires to try something, to engage in something. Um, I remember one night in particular, I don't remember exactly the date, but I remember one night in particular where I had one of those urges to just stuff my thumb in my mouth and, uh, suck on my thumb. And I was like, you know, I'm doing that. Yeah, let's go for it. I was just in a, in a really good mindset that night for it. And so I stuffed my thumb in my mouth and I was sucking on my thumb. And I just remember like a wave of headspace hitting me. And but it wasn't puppy headspace, not not entirely, at least because uh, puppy is like I mentioned for me, it's always there in part. Um, but it was something I felt little there. I just don't have other words to explain it. I just felt little. And so I I had that wave and it was maybe a couple weeks after that, the friend who had uh, introduced me to diapers way back after our Tidy Whitey's play date um, messaged me one day when Tykeables, uh diaper company, um, adult ABDL company, they do diapers and little clothing and, and things of that nature. Um, geared towards adult babies and littles and uh, bigs, etc. Um, and uh, they had just launched a new camo patterned diaper. Um, and he shot me a message out of the blue one day and he just said, when am I going to get you in a pair of these puppy? And I was just like, Mark, actually, funny that you should mention that because blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and so that that became a conversation that led to an invitation, yet, yet again, much like my conversation with Gadget and Fiskig that led to the invitation to try puppy play. Uh, this led to an invitation to try uh, littling because um, it turns out this friend really enjoys not just being an ABDL, but he really enjoys uh being a big for newcomers and facilitating uh, new potential ABDLs or maybe just diaper lovers or just littles uh, in engaging in and finding their little space uh, and learning more about their ABDL interests. And which, I mean, I feel incredibly lucky that I have such an awesome friend like that. Um, And, but, you know, I wanted to make sure it would be okay with my pup brother first because uh, our relationship had developed to a very significant point. uh, And I didn't want to go engaging in a kink that was very much a core kink for him without first checking in to see if that's something he would want to facilitate for me first. And so I checked in with him and he actually... He, it turns out he'd prefer to engage in the kink with me, but not introduce me to it. He likes to engage with players who are already uh, experiencing their little, their diaper play, etc. Not 
uh, introduce someone or teach someone that particular kink. That's not what drives him. And that's perfectly fine. So I thought, okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure you had the first opportunity, though, Blitz, uh, before I just go and, you know, have have a little date with someone else. Um, and so the, the date finally came. Um, and I went over to my friend's home. And uh, first, we spent a good 30 plus minutes uh, just cuddling and discussing. And he was asking some really wonderful questions um, that really definitely helped him understand how best to facilitate uh, our, our, our little play date that day. Um, and it was, you know, he was asking me things like, what got you interested? And I was telling him about my growing interest. And he asked me about things like, uh, what, what did I hope to get out of it? what was central to it. And for me, it's, it's both when I went for puppy play, as well as when I went for ABDL, uh, littling and diapers, it's for me, it's about a headspace. I want to achieve the headspace, the, uh, kinky, potentially sexy, but not always sexy fun time things that I might do within the headspace. Awesome. I'm open to a lot. Um, but for me, it's it's really at the core for me is the headspace of it. I really want to experience that space mentally and see if that's a place I want to return to regularly. And anyhow, he so he got the information he needed and um, he just kind of he started to ease me into a relaxed state and I was willfully there to submit to him um because i knew he was going to be facilitating a big space and i was going to be uh going for a little space and so he got me all relaxed and chilled out and then uh he got me up and he had me uh he removed my clothes because little little boys don't know how to take off all their own clothes um and you know so he was immediately just starting at the beginning working me into a regressed headspace, um, treating me like a little, like a little kid and not, uh, like an adult, um, verbally and, and physically and whatnot. And, um, so the first step was to remove all my big boy clothes and put them in the hamper. And, and then, uh, you know, from there, then it would be getting in padding and whatnot. Um, and, so we achieved a, a little headspace day. And uh, at the same time that we achieved a little headspace day for me, because I, I did spend the entire day in a little headspace. I felt little. I felt like a kid. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, a week or two later, I was chatting with someone else who was asking me about it. And it dawned on me that two and a half years prior, I had been asked uh, what puppy play connects with internally for me. And I had said two and a half years prior that it connected with who I was at age 10 <laughs> and then never made the connection that I might possibly be interested in littling or uh, an ABDL kink lifestyle as well. And of course, now I have discovered and learned that about myself and it's wonderful. But anyhow, <laughs> um, so there is a new 
core component to my puppy. I have my uh, adulting puppy headspace, and I now also have my little puppy headspace. And it's just yet one more intersection of kinks and fetishes that is all centered around my puppy play lifestyle. Now, that's me and great. So for me, puppy play is the intersection of kink, but what about for other people? And when I look around at the pup community here in Seattle when I'm out at events, um, I, I have known a, a handful of puppies who do not do gear. And you don't need gear to be a puppy. And that that is kind of part of my point. Is puppy play, at its core, you don't need any of these other things. You don't need gear. You don't need uh, anything other than to go out there and be a puppy. And I've, I've known a few people who engage with their puppy selves without any of the uh, other pieces of gear or other kinks coming into that. And that's great. Uh, but at the same time, when I look around the vast majority of the community, um, especially here in Seattle, we have such a large pup community. And I really appreciate that I get to live in a city where it is so prevalent within the kink LGBTQIA um, community that we have such a large pup collection, um, for lack of a better word, (laughs) Um, because there are all manner of intersected kinks represented at the pup events. There are, there are the diaper puppies. There are the, uh, leather puppies who are just like head to toe leather and bark goddamn wolf. Um, there are the full neoprene puppies. There are the full latex rubber puppies who are just like head to toe rubber. And then there's a mix. There are people who are wearing like neoprene and latex and leather and like, and padding. And like there's just there's so much intersection of kink happening and it's all happening centered around puppy play in an environment, in a space where that's not only welcome to to show up in your kink, however you wish to be, but it's also encouraged to be yourself and express your kinky self in all of its glory whatever that combination may or may not be. And so it's it's really wonderful because it, it makes it so accessible and safe feeling to say, hey, I want to try out uh, diapers or I want to try out bondage or I want to try out impact play or leather. I want to try out leather today. Or, you know, it, it, it just takes away a lot of the... Um, uh, anxiety for a lot of people about whether or not it's okay to go and explore because you go and you show up at the pup event and there is literally a sea of people exploring every kink you can imagine. Every kink you can imagine is typically on display except what's not bar legal in Washington, of course. <laughs> um, and so I see it in the community as well and I see the pup community specifically um, as a place that does express a an intersection of identities within the puppy play kink and space. 
And that's something when I look to the internet and look around the world at the worldwide pup community, it's something I also see around the globe. Puppies in leather, puppies in rubber, puppies in neoprene, puppies in padding, puppies uh, littling with or without their diaper, uh, puppies being bigs and alphas and doms and bottoms and masters and slave puppies and just there is no limit to the expression of puppy and puppy is a space where that is accepted and encouraged and yeah i know i can hear you back there out in the audience saying well not all places are like that there are some communities that are very like know this or know that yeah 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 fuck those people Fuck those groups. They need to get their heads out of their assholes and stuff their tongue in someone else's butt and just enjoy and live and let live. Because puppy play is, regardless of what the small handful of dipshits will tell you, it is an open, inviting place where the only rule is consent, quite literally. Beyond that, however you want to live and express your puppy self in life, that is up to you, and you go, and you do, and you live your best puppy life however you goddamn well please, because fuck yeah, bark. And and who the fuck are they to tell you what your kinks can and can't be? Nah, fuck that, that's some bullshit. Anyways, back to what I'm saying. When I look around the world, I see the same thing reflected in communities the world over, Europe, the UK, Australia, South America. The world over, I see pups, pub expressions, pub communities that are open and encouraging of people to explore whatever combination of kink they like. And that is why I say puppy play is the intersection of kink. And now to contrast that just briefly here, compare that when you look around the world to the leather community or the very strict rubber community. Um, And this is not to throw shade at those communities. They are exactly what they are meant to be. They are a space for rubber or a space for leather. And that's wonderful. But oftentimes when I've been at a leather event, for instance, because we have a large leather community here in Seattle as well, I look around and I see leather and leather and leather, and I, I, I will see puppies show up at the leather event. Uh, sometimes they will wear neoprene hoods because, you know, leather is technically a kink that is about having gear, not necessarily that it has to be leather. But when I look around the local leather community, leather seems to be what is most openly accepted and is about the only thing that's encouraged and that's not 100% because there are people within the local community who are like no no whatever gear you want you know like a former president of Zipa awesome guy he is one of the people that will stand up and say fuck that actually two of them <laughs> I forgot there's actually two former presidents who are leather leathermen here in seattle anyways uh they'll stand up and say fuck that no like leather yeah yay but also leather is about rubber and neoprene and other gear as well it is about gear fetish uh it's just called leather because that's where it started but anyways when you look around the world especially when you get to europe there's a little more of a hardline separation where leather is leather 
and they have rubber groups. Uh, where in the U.S. we don't so much have as many rubber groups as we have leather groups. Uh, anyways, and so like in Europe, I see a lot of through the internet, of course. So I know this through a lens, but I see a lot of leather is leather and rubber is rubber. And there's not really that encouragement to uh, intersect those kinks or it doesn't seem as inviting a place for, say, an ABDL player to come in and wear their diaper with their with their chaps um, or wear their diaper under their full body latex. Um, and so it just it doesn't seem as open and inviting a place perception wise. Now, whether that's true or not, I know that varies community to community and group to group and individuals to individuals. And the more inclusive people and groups, hey, good on you. Keep that the fuck up and keep pushing that inclusivity message because that is way healthier for everybody. Uh, But also, um, it's just when I look around, that's what I see. And I don't see, say, the leather community or the rubber community or even just the, the very strict ABDL community as intersectional with other kinks as puppy play is as a space that intersects with a lot of kinks. And, and I do want to expand briefly beyond what I wrote in my blog um, to say that when I'm talking about puppy play, I'm, again, I'm reminding you here that I'm talking about it from my perspective as a human puppy, because that's where I, that is me. And that is the perspective I write from and about, but, I'm also meaning that to include all manner of the human animal role play community. Uh, because if you look at the furry fandom, for instance, and the anthropomorph group, which I like to group us all under the umbrella of human critter role play. Uh, but anyways, if you look at the wide variety of human critter role play, uh, most vocal of them is often the fur- furry fandom. Uh, you've got, all manner of kink represented within the furry fandom as well. And so, you know, don't think I'm ignoring, don't think I'm ignoring the furries and the anthropomorphs and critters and what have you, cats, ponies, etc. I'm not. It's just that I'm a puppy and this is my podcast. And so I talk about it from my perspective. And on my blog, I write about it from my perspective. And my perspective is that as a human puppy. So. Anyways, to really sum it up, both my experience in puppy play and my observation of the wider world of human-animal role play, puppy play, etc. out there is that this space is the most intersectional with other kinks, and that is why I say puppy play is the intersection of kink. So. You know, come and join us, bark, wag, and, you know, get crinkly if you want, or get in some leather that just creaks and smells delicious, or, you know, smoke a cigar and ash it on a puppy's tongue. I don't know. You do you. Find your combination of kinks. And in fact, I want to know what are your combinations of kinks? If you want to share with me what your combinations of kinks are, um, you could do that by emailing me, ask 
Pupper at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-P-U-P-P-E-R at gmail.com. Tell me about your kink intersections with puppy play, or maybe if you're not a pup, what intersections do you have in kink? And do they intersect? Or are you someone who's very much, no, when I'm leathering, I'm leathering. When I'm rubbering, I'm rubbering. And when I'm padded, I'm padded, but I don't mix the mix them together. I'm curious to know. I'd love to hear about it. Uh, anyhow, that is all that we've got time for today on this podcast. Not that nearly an hour isn't enough content for y'all. Uh, I just want to remind you one more time before I go. I'd really appreciate any support you can give me. Uh, be sure to like this podcast. Subscribe to it wherever you're at. It's available on SoundCloud and iTunes and maybe on iHeartMedia. But, you know, SoundCloud and iTunes are pretty badass, so maybe stick to that. Uh, also, make sure you go and visit me elsewhere on the web. Where can you find me? Well, you can go to farstrider.com, F-A-R-R-S-T-R-I-D-E-R.com, and you'll find links to all of my social media accounts. Uh, but, you know, hit me up on Instagram, at farstrider. Uh, you could also hit up the at farstrider official, underscore official on Instagram, but that's really just a an account to make sure somebody wasn't going to steal the Pup Farstrider username. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so you can follow me all over the web. I post a lot to Instagram. You can follow my Twitter. That's starting to get a little bit more uh, hot under the collar. Bark. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, definitely go check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Pup Farstrider, P-U-P-F-A-R-R-S-T-R-I-D-E-R. I have all kinds of ridiculous videos. Some of them are podcasts. This one's not being filmed. Some of them are other things, just fun, ridiculous adventures. My goal with that channel is always to make you laugh or educate, but often to make you laugh, period, because I enjoy being ridiculous and making people laugh. So go and laugh at the most recent video. Uh, I have a Pokemon Go series on there. Why? Mostly because I can be really funny about it. <laughs> like the last episode I posted for that series, episode three, is about 95% just comedy. And 5% of that episode includes Pokemon Go coverage. <laughs> so, you know, what have you. Uh, also, visit my shop page at farstrider.com forward slash shop. You can visit my Teespring shop, my Redbubble shop, or my Amazon shop. And making purchases at any of those places through my links uh, on Amazon, that helps me. It helps support what I do. What do I do? Well, I do this podcast, and that's not free. I also host my website, another thing that's not free. And more than that, I give back to the community. I sponsor iPod. Right now, I am set to sponsor iPod again this year, um, so long as it still happens. Thank you very much, coronavirus. Uh, so hopefully, coronavirus can get contained so we can all get back to having our kinky fun and everybody can go to iPod. But if not, I'll be sponsoring the next one. So, you know, help support me, support the community, because I give back to it. Anyhow, on that note, uh, it is coronavirus happening right now. Stay at home. Stay at home and listen to my podcast. Watch my YouTube channel. Check out Watch the Safe Word on YouTube and check out your other favorite creators. Keep yourself entertained, but most importantly, 
keep yourself at home except for those essential trips for groceries and medicine. Thank you very much. I'm Pope Farstrider. Remember to like, subscribe, and share, and we'll catch you next time on the Farstrider podcast. Bark, 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 bark!